This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Grace Gordon, actress and activist, and I am so freaking excited to be here with Reverend Bridge Feltis, someone I've talked about many times enthusiastically on this show. I took Bridge's course, Heal Thyself, a transformative initiation for people racialized as white, which I have discussed on the on the show before, as well as holistic business practices. Bridge is the founder of the Remember Institute and Heal Thyself course, an ordained minister, a singer-songwriter as well. So someone who integrates so many of the philosophies that we talk about on this show into courses, but also into art. So welcome. Hi, Bridge. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Um, on this show, I've had various artists and healers come for interviews, and there's a lot of discussion about how artists are healers. And I love knowing you, you, you know, you're someone who is both and all of them at once in everything that you do. So oh, thank you. Of course. Um, usually at the beginning of this show, we ask, how is your art life? Because we just like to get situated in the present moment and, and get to know how you are today. So Bridge, how is your art life? My art life is highly challenging and demanding of my attention these days I am I love uh, to hear it yeah and it's it's really I, I kind of think of my entire life as art I think in my mind art means expression and so everything that I do I would like it to be an expression of me um, and and I see myself as an expression of God so that's that's kind of my my overall perspective and right now it's sort of challenging and demanding and feels like a like a, a moment of level up it's so great in the moment when we can acknowledge that challenges are that level up opportunity mm -hmm. that you're on a growth edge even if it feels like you're being confronted with a lot so when i was in heal thyself one of the main takeaways I had was an integrity practice, something mm -hmm. that you you taught us about, but also that you use and you exemplify within the groups you teach and connect to. And um, I it got me thinking about like what integrity, what an integrity practice means for an artist, because I think that we hear the phrase artistic integrity, mm -hmm. but that's different than what you're talking about. So I just wanted to start for this for this episode about like integrity for artists. I wanted to start asking um start by asking you like how is artistic integrity and integrity for artists a different thing? Well, before I answer that question, would you mind sharing with me what how you define um artistic integrity? Often when we talk about it, it's at least in the film industry where I'm coming from, mm -hmm. I hear like a director left a project because, you know, it was out of their out of alignment with their artistic integrity. And that oh. is to say, like, it wasn't their vision for, for what the how the story should be told. So mm -hmm. often when I hear like in, in artistic integrity in the film industry, it's because someone leaves a project mm -hmm. uh, because it's not going to their plan or their vision. And it's just a creative, it. a creative decision, a creative breakup with a studio or whoever you're collaborating with, because it's not, the story isn't being told the way you planned. Got it. Okay. So <laughs> I, I want to start by saying um, the way that I define integrity is that it is the practice and acknowledgement of your wholeness. It is the commitment to expressing yourself as whole. And there are some requirements to that. I, I was surprised to hear that this was the slant for artistic integrity because I have a, a different slant. Um, but, but I also agree with that one as well. Um, when I think about artistic integrity, 
I think about it in the same way I think about any other expression of integrity. Wholeness is the, well, it's, it's the practice of making sure that things are in their place, making sure that things are in alignment with what you know to be true. Um, and also making sure that things are of service. So for me, the aspiration with integrity practice is to be of service and to be in alignment with truth. Um, that That's it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. So when we talk about integrity in the courses that I teach or with my private session clients, what I'm um, urging folks to do is consider integrity as their their most high form of currency. It's it's something that no one can take away from you. You can only take it away from yourself. Um, people can try. They can, you know, gossip about you or criticize you, but only you have any say over your own integrity. And the expression of your integrity is not about morals or even well, it's it's not about um, approval. So my perspective about integrity is it is commitment to yourself that you will honor your wholeness. And when you step out of alignment with that, that you will step back into alignment. So, for example, let's look at this from an artist's point of view. Um, when I think about integrity and art, I think about it from the point of view of, of creating. So integrity in creating would be, uh, two sides. There's the functional practical dynamics and there's the intuitive dynamics. One is knowing how to use the tools properly knowing what the tools can do, knowing um, all of the different ways that you can combine tools. Um, for example, in painting, for example, you might be combining colors to create a specific color or um, a certain kind of brush to create a certain kind of texture or line. Uh, knowing the functional practical dynamics you can either do that through formal training or you can learn from practice. The intuitive side of it, however, you can't teach. It's a, it's almost a, a spiritual thing. It comes through you and you almost have to let go of the mental uh, orchestration in order for that to come through. And when we see someone who is a master of anything, whether it be a sport or an art or um, a science, <laughs> anything really. Um, they have learned how to master both the both of those sides, the functional and practical dynamics and the intuitive dynamics. Now what you're referring to is a whole other level that goes into that section of what I said around service. Is it a mm -hmm. service? So when we talk about things that making films, for example, if, if the kind of filmmaking you do is uh, perpetuating stereotypes or per perpetuating racism or perpetuating stigma uh, around different professions, this is not of service to mankind. It's a disservice. And so that's a whole other level. And, and this comes into the category of self-expression is it a, is it a an aligned form of expression to express uh racism or stigmatizing able uh disabled dis disabled folk or stigmatizing trans folk is this an alignment for you is it of service to the world and if it's not then we have to consider we're out of integrity when we create in that way. So I kind of think, I hope that's answering your question. I think that um, you can apply that same dynamic to 
anything in your life and ask the same questions. Is this in alignment with what I know to be true to the best of my ability? And is this of service? Is it of service? Am I using the tools properly? And am I allowing my intuition to lead? So all of those elements come into play in expressed integrity. Thank you so much for that. And part of the reason I wanted to have you come to find this is because I think at its best, that phrase artistic integrity or that that as the reason to walk away from something is because of the reasons you described, because mm-hmm. something is perpetuating harmful stereotypes or racism or or not of service. But I think it's also the sort of thing that becomes a meaningless buzzword that yes. people just list as their reason to not finish something or to walk mm-hmm. away. And so having that definition be really clear challenges people to be more clear in their language and to actually get to the truth of why they're making the choices they are. Absolutely. And then in in the, in these industries, you know, it's a whole nother layer when we talk about capitalism, because in capitalism, well, the film industry is a great example of this, you know, folks are about to go on strike um, very soon. And that's because there's not there's in, there's integrated problem disintegrated problems um, in the industry where some people are making a lot of money and getting taken care of and other people are not. There are people who are not um, taken care of. There are human beings whose needs are not being taken care of, and they are working uh, and and contributing valuable energy and labor and time and thought into their work. And they are not being treated fairly. And, and that's, that's a disintegration. So, and you see this a lot in capitalist, uh, endeavors because our capitalism does not, um, it's not humane. It's all about the math. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's all about how much money can you make? It's a, an imbalance. So there's nothing wrong with finding ways to make money. Um, but on the, <laughs> when it sacrifices the people who help you to do so, um, that's not okay. It's, it's disintegrated. It's, it's actually not even ultimately in, in the best interest of those who benefit the most. I, I totally agree. And I mean, the film industry is a great example because it's so terrible, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, when it comes to, to the way it treats artists, but especially the crew, right? The people with, with the longest hours are treated mm-hmm. the worst. Yeah. And I have to remind myself so often, and I, I know you've lived in L. Did you grow up in L.A.? I did. And I was also a makeup artist and hairstylist in film and television. So you know this world so well, oh, yeah. and I have to remind myself, too, that not just like there's the chance you could do harm, but that mm-hmm. the film industry itself is so closely aligned with like the U.S. government in the way that it is run and the way that sure. it enforces certain power structures. Sure. Like the way this industry is built is harmful. And so just because it's art maybe (laughs) doesn't mean that it's like a noble pursuit. No, like Hollywood has perpetuated so much racism. I mean, it's one of the main problems in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, again, want to just impress upon the listener that this is not distinctly about that industry. This is capitalism. This is, you know, everything about capitalism is about profit and power. And so those on the lower rungs of that ladder, on the lower part of the the, the pyramid, who are actually the, the essential folk, they are not treated with respect and care. And this is, you know, you could work two weeks. I have friends who sometimes work two, three weeks at a time without a break mm-hmm. and don't have decent health care or uh, 
don't don't have benefits that that support them in order to even be able to survive that. <laughs> you know, it's it's it doesn't make any sense. Like there should be extra care <laughs> if they're going to have you working like that. Well, and like everything, it's a collaborative medium. Absolutely. And yet the people on top are treated like the only people making decisions or the only people, you know, getting resources, even though, like you said, you know, those people working the crew or whatever it is are essential. They're the people keeping this whole damn thing running. Yes. And that's true of every industry. Exactly. It's it's always the people who are um, creating the product, who are uh, driving the engine you know, it, it, it's it's not the person who's the person or people who are profiting the most are not the ones actually doing the production or the creation of the product that's being sold. So you have an integrity practice that you that you practice when you're out of alignment or that you teach others about. And um, I'm wondering, like, how this integrity practice that you uphold changed the way that you create art. Mm. It changed everything. <laughs> it really did. Um, in my music work, um, I used to make music just because I felt like making music. And I didn't think about I didn't think a lot about how, how it would impact others because it was a an honest expression of who I was. I wasn't being fake or anything like that. So I didn't really think about this um, too deeply. Um, however, I would say it was about 14 years ago, maybe, when I first learned about cymatics and the impact that sound has on matter. And that changed everything for me. There's mm. a science that explains how not just sound you can hear but frequency in general sound is basically frequency that you can hear with your ears it's audible and then there's frequencies beyond that that the range of frequencies is infinite you just can't hear it (laughs) and so um frequency is a physical plane thing that impacts everything else in the physical plane And I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought about how um, sound could be impacting people's body uh, experience and 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 actually changing their psyche, um, affecting their mental health. I didn't think about that at all. And it's not that I felt like um, what I was doing was bad per se, but it wasn't intentional. So once I learned about this, I started to make make music more intentionally. I started to look for technologies that would help me to uh, transmit specific, intentional, prescribed frequencies that are healthy for people. Um, and of course, <laughs> the 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 topics or the the uh, content of what I sing about has shifted as well. Um, not, not that I feel like it has to be preachy or anything like that. My music's sometimes a little controversial. However, it is uh, all for the purpose or the intention of uh, the best for mankind, the benefit of mankind. So um, I think that's important. I think that when you're not, when your actions are not in alignment with what you know is healthy and true and of service, it, you'll get sick <laughs> you, yeah or you'll lose interest in what you're doing or there or you'll c- come up against problem after problem after problem and it just it's not um a rewarding way to live and if i'm going to spend my time doing something i want to to experience the reward on the other side of it the way to do that <laughs> is to match up your your functional and practical dynamics your intuition, aligning with what is true and of service. So, and and that's about everything. What I say out loud, what I post on my social media, how I treat people, all of that. So in everything I do, 
I'm thinking about, and <laughs> I've been doing this now for so long that I don't actually consciously think about it. It is just the way that I, I, I operate. Um, I've trained myself to operate in that way. So, for example, um, what I have replaced the, uh, the act of apology with is the practice of restoring integrity. Um, we teach this in all of our courses. It is a three, possibly four step process for when you find yourself out of integrity. And that could be that you said something that wasn't true. It could be that you uh, didn't follow through with something you said you were going to do. It could be that you've broken a, a social agreement of some sort, uh, broken a law, whatever um, ways that you might be out of alignment with your wholeness. It could be even a thought that isn't true, that maybe had an impact on you and others. And so the, the process of restoring your integrity is getting yourself back into alignment. And I compare it to um, if any of you are meditators out there, mm. when you meditate, sometimes your mind wanders off. And then you bring it back. When you start that meditation, you focus on something. You focus on a visual point or you focus on your breath. And that is where your focus goes. And then within a couple of minutes, you might your mind might wander off to what's coming later in the day or what you were doing yesterday or, <laughs> or whatever. And if you notice it, you can bring yourself back to the thing that you want to focus on. So that is a simplified uh, demonstration of restoring integrity. It's not about shame. It's not about guilt. It's mm. simply being able to recognize when you're not in alignment and then being able to acknowledge the impact of that and then restoring or making amends or repairing if there were any damage done. So we teach this because it's so much less traumatizing for everyone mm. and it eliminates the the fear of being seen the fear of making a mistake the fear of being out of alignment fear that causes people to practice perfectionism which causes anxiety mm. <laughs> so if you if you practice this integrity practice after a while you get really comfortable with being able to say oh my bad. Yeah, I see that, you know, that's that thing that I did um, goes against who I say I am. Mm. And, and I acknowledge that the impact of that is you might not trust me. And so therefore, I'm going to in the future, take the necessary steps to prevent that thing from happening. Um, I might even change my behavior. I might change my perspective. And if there's any way that I can repair, if there was damage done, I, I intend to repair that. So that is restoring integrity. There's no, oh, I'm such a bad person. You must hate me. There's also no asking for forgiveness because mm -hmm. for, forgiveness is for the forgiver. <laughs> if it, When we ask someone for forgiveness, for forgiveness, what we're asking them to do is to um, absolve us. Right. And no one, no one can absolve me. I, I must restore myself. So I, I don't um, ask people for forgiveness. I only say I'm sorry. I, I only say those words if I feel sorry, if I feel bad about mm. something that has happened. That's not always the case. And it's not important. It's That's about me. Right. So if I've caused harm to someone, my who what I feel shouldn't be the, the focus. What they feel should be the focus. So I know I, I, know I was late. I know I said I was going to be here at 10 o'clock. I'm sorry that I was late. I, 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 I acknowledge that I was late. I acknowledge that uh, you had to wait for me and that was inconvenient and disrespectful. Um, I also acknowledge that that, if repeated, 
is going to cause you to not feel that I'm reliable or responsible. Um, in the future, I will make sure that I show up on time. And can I buy you a coffee for your trouble? So yeah, this yeah. So go this ahead. is this is restoring integrity. Um, I don't want to I don't want to make it about morals because I think it's a little cleaner than that. Morals are subjective. Mm. It you don't have to be right or wrong. You simply have to have had an impact that does not align with who you say you are or what you want for yourself and others. Or sometimes just as simple as, like you said, you made a commitment that you didn't come through on. Right. Or sometimes, sometimes it'll even be, sometimes, for example, oh my God, this happens to me every now and then. My sister will, <laughs> she'll ask me if I'll help her with something. And I don't want to, I really don't want to do it because <laughs> it's, it's my one day off and I, I was planning on sleeping in and, you know, and and I'll agree to do it. And then the day will come and I won't want to get out of bed. And so I'll be late and and I'll show up late and that'll inconvenience everybody involved. That's on me. I shouldn't have agreed in the first place. If I were in integrity, I would have said, actually, I need that day off. I, I need to rest. But sometimes we give our word on something and giving our word isn't in integrity. It can also be, for example, um, someone says something and I interpret it interpret it to mean something that offends me, and that is not and that is not their intention, and it's or it's not what that meant. So um, I'm out of integrity if I don't ask questions. If if you say something that I'm offended by and I don't ask any questions to get to the bottom of it. Um, <laughs> I'm making an assumption that what you said means what I think it means. And that's not an integrity at all. I can't think for you or speak for you. My life is flashing before my eyes because of <laughs> the many times I've, I've had that with friends where I've had a specific insecurity mm. that I've, I've sort of overlaid over what mm -hmm. they are saying. Mm. And it has nothing to do with the words they're actually saying and then yeah. some kind of conflict arises because I'm offended by something that wasn't even part of the conversation because right. I, I'm just overlaying my insecurity on them. Yeah. And just imagine how quickly you can uh, notice it mm -hmm. and then acknowledge it and then clean it up and keep it moving. Exactly. Instead of like doubling down and getting defensive because you don't want to feel embarrassed about misunderstanding or whatever you know we're so <laughs> in 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 today's society there's a lot of talk about cancel culture um i would say that yes there is there's a insidious thing going around where people are persecuting others and you know getting off on it and there are also a lot of people doing harmful things in the world who have a lot of influence and they cannot handle being criticized or checked. And that's not an integrity. Like if you're going to be a leader of any sort, if you're going to be a celebrity, if you're going to be uh, the, the CEO of a big corporation, if you're going to be a public figure of any sort, a politician, whatever it is, if you cannot take criticism and hear it for what it's worth, then you're a bad leader. You need to go back to the drawing board because you're you're isolating yourself to your own limited perspective. And so what I'm seeing a lot of is people getting checked or criticized or held accountable for something they've said or done and they blow it off and then people get pissed off. And that's why they get canceled whatever that is <laughs> i think half the time it doesn't even really mean anything but you know for for me personally what it means is i might stop doing business with that person or i might not buy their products anymore or um, i might not recommend their services anymore so there is at that level some 
uh, cancellation happening. But I, I think that, you know, if it were a doctor and they were repeatedly um, having these malpractice incidents and they could mm-hmm. not take criticism about it, there'd be no question. It's when it comes to emotional or psychological things or social things that are not concrete um, that we tend to not understand what the big deal is. It's, it's, it's a big deal to do say or do things that promote ideas that in the bigger picture, get people killed or get, have people be discriminated against or, um, have people suffer in some way. Even if you yourself didn't cause the suffering, if you perpetuate a mindset or a way of thinking or ideology, then you are a part of the problem. And if someone calls you out on that and you dismiss it or you defend it, then you're, that's not restoring integrity. And a lot of people find themselves in big trouble because of that. When they could have just said, I'm sorry if I caused any harm, um, I will take this under advisement and it won't happen again. It's that simple. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is like one of the main things I wanted to discuss with you, this cancel culture versus accountability culture discussion. Mm. And I have such a distinct memory about a year ago after I had finished Heal Thyself with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you posted about Rihanna who had mm-hmm. at like the, the Fenty show, fashion show. She used, no, she used a, a, a religious song. Ah. It, it was a song with a prayer in it actually. And, um, she used it in conjunction with a part of her show, which is a lingerie show. And people are, you know, as women strutting their stuff in, underwear <laughs> you know and, right and very sexy you know thongs and all kinds of stuff like that and as we know islam is a, a little bit <laughs> you know they're a little bit modest about such things right so this was very offensive to the islamic community and she immediately apologized and and edited that out of that show And that was such a great example. You posted about it because she received the feedback. She publicly acknowledged it. She went back and, you know, took it out of the show. And I believe even donated money to an organization. And you posted about this saying, look, this is what it is. You know, here is a a very public figure restoring Mm -hmm. their integrity through these steps that I talk about. And I'm so grateful that, you know, there is this example we can talk about, but also that like, okay, the precedent is set. You know, the more that leaders like Rihanna do this, the more accessible it is, the more it takes the shame factor out or the need to be perfect. Look, here's an example. And she did it quickly. She handled it swiftly, so swiftly, exactly. (laughs) You know, the, 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 the swifter you can be about just saying, yes, I see it, I acknowledge it, I correct it. Hmm. It's that simple. It's, it really is. I mean, we're, we're not, it's a problem when we get attached to perfection to the extent that, um, people cannot correct course. Um, it sets a precedence in society that causes mental illness. Think about that. That's it, it, it makes, it causes fear and anxiety all across every walk of life that we, uh, treat people as if they are robots and we are not robots. However, <laughs> that doesn't give us full uh, reign to just do whatever and harm people and not have to be uh, held accountable for it. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I find that uh, I've been doing this practice for about 10 years, 12 years now. It has changed my life. So now if I'm criticized, I rarely feel anxiety about it. Mm. I can listen. I can hear them out. I can ask questions if I need to and then assess for myself whether or not I agree. 
And it doesn't mean that every time someone criticizes that they're right. However, even if they're not correct, even if they misunderstood, I'm willing to own that what I said had an impact on them. Whether it be that I triggered a trauma or, uh, you know, touched a sensitive spot or <laughs> pushed a button that I don't know nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not necessarily always the case that you know what's happening. And even then, you can have some compassion and some empathy if you have confidence in yourself, if you if you've practiced integrity um, to the extent that you now can say, I have integrity. I practice integrity. I'm very observant of myself. I'm willing to own my impact. Then when it happens that you have an impact that you don't <laughs> that wasn't desired. Um, it's much easier to to simply own it, and it, and even if you don't own it, you can do that cleanly. Like, okay, that's not that wasn't me. That wasn't my problem. That wasn't my responsibility. And I can still have compassion for the harm that that person felt. Mm. Part of the reason I I brought up one example of someone who restored integrity quickly was I I wanted to talk about those good examples Mm -hmm. because there are many at this point that we can look at. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you, like, who are your favorite artists who exemplify living with integrity? Because I think people need to know that they exist. (laughs) You know, they're all around. Uh, Rihanna would stand out, I, I think. Um, but, but you know, this is the thing. We we tend to be much more focused on who's not doing what they should be doing than exactly. we are on who is. And that doesn't even get talked about in the news. You know, those those people, it, it kind of gets hidden because it's not sensational. Right? So, and the other thing is, you will make less mistakes when you practice integrity because right. if you if you uh, set a precedence inside of yourself that you're going to have to own your impact, then you're going to be a little more careful about your impact. You're going to be a little more careful. You can ask yourself those questions. Do I do I know the functional and practical dynamics of the tools I'm using here? Um, it may even be as simple as knowing the practical functional dynamics of speech or, uh, you know, a topic in particular. Um, am I, am I using my intuition or am, am I just being mindless and careless? Am I, uh, making sure that what I state as true is actually in alignment with truth? And is it of service? So all three of the, the first three things could be true. And if it's not of service, then I'm going to hesitate and really think about like, do I do I really need to say this? Because everything doesn't have to be said. And and we see this. This is why I think of art uh, as of everything in life as being about art. Everything is art. Um, in art, I have a, my husband used to be a graphic designer, and we would talk about this often about how sometimes <laughs> less is more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it, like part of the process is to take away. Anything and everything you can until it is perfectly enough, right? Because we often try and pile in uh, as much as we can. But if we can strip away anything that's not necessary, if it's not of service to to the work of art that you're making, then leave it out. Like you don't have to put everything into one moment. Thank you for that too. I, I, so so much of even a podcast, right? Is, <laughs> is it's like here's my think piece, here's what I think, here's my opinion on every little thing, and right. that you know there there are so many opportunities we can take that where we can assess like that we don't need to put our opinions in. I say you know this is very much true for white people. I say this a lot. Like <laughs> your your opinion on this matter might not be the most important thing. You know, you might not need to like contribute your two cents, your think piece about this issue. You could maybe lift up someone else's voice. Yeah, be curious. Like 
I, this is the other thing we teach is beginner's mind. Um, it, it, I find it very stressful to have my opinion be the center of attention mm. because I happen to know that I don't know Jack. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've studied a lot. I read a lot. I pay attention. I am present. I am alert. I am aware. And that still doesn't make me all knowing. Mm-hmm. So I could just as easily be incorrect about something as the next person or incomplete because I have a, I have a limited perspective by myself. This is what connection is for, by the way. We're meant to actually gather each other's perspectives to create a, a better, a broader picture of what is true. But we've gotten caught up in defending our own perspective against someone else's perspective. And then everybody loses because all of those perspectives together would give us a, a, a more complete picture of what is. It's like I look out my window where I'm sitting right now, or you look out your window, we see two different things. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that one is true or the other one isn't. There's nothing to compete with, uh, compete about. And it can be a collaborative effort. It, sh- it should be a collaborative effort. I mean, it feel, <laughs> yeah, it feels so often like right now, like the point for people is to further separation. Yes. And to be right. And, and you know, distance themselves with from others by being right. And it's like, who is that serving? How is right. that making anything better for anyone, including yourself? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's like, you know, I talk a lot about social issues and political issues. And when I when I look at those people over there that everybody likes to hate, um, <laughs> I'm like, what, why? What, what is what is that serving? I, I don't need to hate them. I need to understand, like, what's happening there. How can we resolve this? How can how can we shift this? How can we uh, if if there's an unawareness or an ignorance or uh, some sort of suffering of some sort? Uh, I, I how do I what can I do to contribute to ending that or shifting it or changing it or reforming it or transforming it? We're, it's like we're stuck in this uh, paradigm of fairy tales where mm-hmm. the villain is an outcast who's ugly and evil and to be feared and to be ostracized. They're always an outcast. You know, this is a paradigm we learn from childhood. So then we, we grow up thinking all the, there's like a long list of things we're taught are bad. And if bad means villain, that means we're going to be treated like the villain. And so when someone criticizes us, what we're defending is our life. Right. And that's why people defend so hard. That's why we have cancel culture. Because well, underneath all the layers, there is this psychic trauma that uh, punition comes with every mistake. Rather than uh, being out of integrity, yes, it it causes, it has an impact. It causes harm. And it doesn't have to cause that much harm. It could be repaired quickly. I remember uh, Taylor Swift speaking on like the the dark side of of cancel culture when someone doesn't take accountability, when they don't restore their integrity, when it isn't handled. How it feels like the message is kill yourself. That's why people are fighting for their lives because they're mm-hmm. interpreting like you made a mistake as your life is over. Right. They're they're over overreacting to the criticism mm-hmm. because we live in a society where that's not actually uh, historically invalid. Right. Um. This the work that I've done for myself over the years um, uncovered a lot of things like that because I have ancestors who were slaves, and so any misstep would have been punished with some sort of corporal punishment, including death. And so 
um, what was uncovered in the spiritual and psychological work that I've done over the years is that I had a fear of dying. Mm -hmm. That if, if I show up fully, not just do something wrong, but if I just show up fully, if I express myself fully, um, so this is why people are so (laughs) nervous about going on stage or, uh, showing up fully at work in their jobs or speaking up in their communities because they're afraid of being killed. And, and yes, it's not a literal thing. Yes. But in the body, in the psyche, the psyche does not, uh, is not concerned with literal things. The psyche has memory. So it's remembering all of those things that our, even our ancestors went through, not just ourselves. And, and white people have that as well. Mm-hmm. We think about, we talk about this in the Heal Thyself course, how um, European aristoc- aristocracy and the church and uh, the affluent of Europe tortured and murdered a lot of people. And there were lynchings and hangings, uh, lynchings and beheadings and burning at the stake and all those kinds of things were happening in Europe long before there was slavery in America. So, and that was happening to white people too. Uh, They weren't called white people back then. They were just called whatever, you know, their society was. Right. And they were, they were treated in the same ways. Imperialism did not start with America. So the traumas there cause people to be very fearful of things that are not in their own present uh, experience. They're having intergenerational trauma and therefore fear of things that are not even real. So that's, it's pretty deep and it's something that we have to address and acknowledge so that we can understand it's not real so that we can overcome it. And I love that on this, on this, this podcast, this platform for artists, part of what we're discussing is like, we need new fairy tales. Yes. Like we need artists to be making stories that aren't based in this like vilifying and punishing of yes. the other. That we need yeah. stories of like transformative justice. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite shows right now is Ted Lasso. Yes. Apple TV. It is such an optimistic show. And and I say that, but it's also there's conflict there. There there's conflict, there's struggle, there's um there's contradiction, and in that there's there's still this sense of optimism that everything's gonna be all right that we can heal, that we can repair, that we can uh, rebuild or transform or expand ourselves from beyond what we thought we could do uh, last week or the week before. Mm. So I, I love that in uh, in that show, that there's so much optimism. I, I love the idea of new forms of expression that allow people to consider the possibility of redemption. Yeah, I love that Ted often meets aggression with mm. humor or yeah. with understanding. Like yes. he, he very rarely meets aggression with aggression. Yeah. There's, there's almost he, he doesn't. He rarely expresses uh, fear mm. in the face of that kind of thing. Because it's not, it's not real. It's not as big as we think it is. And our embarrassment or shame that we feel, um, around being embarrassed because we're out of integrity, this is conditioning. It's conditioning. And there are people, I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here, but <laughs> this is real. There are people who profit off of us being fearful and uh, uncommitted to our integrity because we are afraid of criticism. 
Bridge, the last thing I wanted to ask you today was, uh, was about the idea of process over product. Mm. Um, our show focuses a lot about process over product in our art mm-hmm. lives, like noticing sensation, enjoying the process of creating and divesting from capitalist definitions of success. And, yeah. <laughs> and when I, when I started your course, when I started Heal Thyself, I thought it was amazing that one of the first things you said to, to the group was that you are results oriented. And I appreciated that because like process and product don't have to be separated into a binary. I don't like that's know. one of the first things I learned from you. I, I don't understand any. There are times when I'll be watching something on television and I, and it'll strike me all of a sudden. I can't believe that someone thought this was worth putting money into. <laughs> I can't believe it. There's so much ridiculousness. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I cannot relate. Because for me as an artist, process is the product. Yeah. The experience is the product. So, um, you know, whatever I'm doing, even if it's cooking a meal. Again, because everything is art. So even if it's cooking a meal, how the the process of cooking is all that you experience when you eat the food. Mm. How I how I cut the 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 vegetables, you know, how much surface. (laughs) I'm a little bit of a, a food nerd, (laughs) but you know, if you if you're cooking something, for example, with with carrots, um, the way that you cut the carrots, uh, you know, what the angle is that you cut those carrots um, determines how much open surface space there uh, uh, area there is on the surface of the carrot, which determines how much flavor it will absorb in whatever sauce that it's in. So how you, the, the process of creation is what makes the product if that's not true about your product, then again, those four elements of integrity, functional, practical dynamics, meeting intuition, meeting alignment with truth, meeting service. <laughs> you, if you don't have that, it's like I often use the analogy for, for integrity as being like the spokes of a bicycle wheel. It only takes one spoke out of place and the wheel will not function properly. Mm. It may function for, for a little while, but eventually the the spokes will begin to, the other spokes that are still there will begin to collapse because they depend on each other. They're perfectly spaced in a radius around the center to support each other. It's physics. It's science. So in everything we do, there is science, there is order, there is structure, there is um, integrity that needs to be upheld. And if we don't uphold it, then you may have something at the, you may have, you know, results no matter what, but, but are the results what you want them to be? And are you... That's what I mean when I say results oriented. I'm right. focused on what kind of results I'm getting. So with my clients, if they come to me and uh, at the end of their whatever, eight weeks or 12 weeks walk with me, um, they don't have improvements in their life, then something's wrong with what I'm doing. I'm just taking their money. Mm. If uh, this course, <laughs> it was very important to me because this course is about um, oppression. Heal thyself is about oppression. So how can I, as one person, have an impact on the world um, around this topic? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to change everybody. I'm not going to, you know, convince people who are committed to another view 
other than mine. I'm not going to, you know, overturn everything in one class. However, what I can do is have conversations with people that help them to learn how to process, that help them learn how to listen, that help them learn how to self-observe. And those things are not just about the one topic. Those things change people's lives in every way. We've had people take the Heal Thyself course who's who were almost divorcing and then their marriages were repaired through using the practices that we offer. They had nothing to do with race, had nothing to do with uh, gender phobia or anything like that. So, <laughs> you know, this integrity practice, I think, is key. Um, beginner's mind, humility uh, through the lens of Zen Buddhism. Um, these are all practices that I think are impactful in every area. Again, life is an expression. And that is what art is. Putting attention towards those four elements of creation will have you um, have results or products that are beneficial to mankind and create the opportunity for more pleasure and healthy living and connection with others. I believe all of this is true. And it's been my my observation that in this case, with, with the work I'm doing, it's very satisfying for me because I'm actually seeing those results. Well, the next session of Heal Thyself starts on October 27th, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. I've talked about it in other episodes, and I'm glad we got to get into more of the details today. Um are there other places on social media or a website you'd like people to follow? Yes, you can find us on uh, on social media. You can just look for my name, Bridge, B-R-I-G, Feltus, F-E-L-T-U-S, everywhere on social media. Um, and also the website is rememberinstitute.com. We are just a couple of weeks away from the next Heal Thyself. And we have a friends and family discount that's 50% off right now. Um, if you sign up in the next couple of days, you can still get that discount. And we'd love to have you. I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes so people can directly access it, including awesome. the discount. Thank you so much. At the end of our episodes, we, we usually ask our guests, what is the art life? You've given us so many beautiful definitions <laughs> today. You've already given us so many, but I'll ask again just to bring it all uh, together. Bridge, mm. what is the art life? For me, it is uh, just the, the aspiration to be more fully expressed. I am so enjoying my life. I am so um, happy with the idea of full expression and um, integrity is a huge part of that. I, I have to say it's not about um, restriction. It is about expression and learning how to use your tools, your language, your your speech, your, your, your heart, your intuition, um, and, and connecting with others. This is what living is. So uh, I, that would, would be my answer. Functional, practical dynamics, meeting intuition, meeting, um, truth and service. Thank you so much. This is like the interview that I've been wanting to have for the show. <laughs> like really, like this, I was like, I know I got to get bridge on so that I can keep sending people the episode like oh, for the rest awesome. of my life. So I can send <laughs> like, you know, even when conversations about cancel culture come up, I was like, I got to have an episode I can direct people to. Yeah. Um, and I just could not be happier with this conversation. Thank you so, so much. We'll, uh, we'll show up and heal thyself and you'll get to talk more with them. I'd love that. And it's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me to come and 
spend some time with you, Grace. I think you're awesome, by the way. I think you're awesome. I look forward to our talks about about art and about integrating the concepts of heal thyself into art. I yes. really look forward to that um, every time we get to have that kind of discussion. So I know I'll see more of you soon and hopefully some of our listeners will be there with us. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. This is The Art Life. You can find the show online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, Care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Send email to theartlifeshow at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at theartlifeshow. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining me.